since I was playing my father, as I often do when I'm playing fathers, who is this I'm hugging if I'm playing my father? He's me. He's also um, a missing son who would be about that age. So it was pretty uh, emotionally draining for me. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Brewing Company, America's leading non-alcoholic craft brewer. Have you been thinking about cutting back on alcohol, but still aren't sure if non-alcoholic beer is for you? It's time to give dry a try this month with Athletic Brewing, the most awarded non-alcoholic craft beer maker in the world. We all know there is nothing worse than waking up with a hangover and not being 100% present for your kids. But just imagine you can enjoy great-tasting craft brews all night long and still be ready for whatever life throws at you tomorrow. Athletic produces a wide selection of great-tasting near beers, including IPAs, Goldens, Darks, Light Brews, and more. Plus, their brews are fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere. If you're planning to give Dry a try this January, you owe it to yourself to buy Athletic. Right now, new Athletic customers can receive 20% off their first order of two six-packs or more when they visit athleticbrewing.com and use the code ART20 at checkout by March 21st, 2023. What's going on, everybody? Art Eddie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very honored to have this gentleman. He's a great actor. He's a movie dad, and he's a dad in real life. We're going to get to acting and fatherhood and his great new book, Movie Dad, Finding Myself and My Family on Screen and Off. This is such an impactful and such a – and for people coming to my podcast and my website, this is definitely a must-read. But Paul Dooley, thanks for taking the time to chat with me, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? doing really well it's an honor to chat with you a big fan of your work I was reading parts of your book earlier and i was just like it, it got to me i'm like this i'm so glad paul's gonna be on my show because there's a lot of fatherhood themes obviously in the book and yeah, and i played know, 25 fathers in movies and tv shows so i got typed but it's a, one thing about being typed is that you get to work more you know because you are a type but on the other hand you don't get to do a variety of roles you never played a killer and <laughs> never got to be a, always wanted to be a, a scraggly guy coming in for the desert the old uh, the guy you see in all the westerns you know yeah gabby hayes oh come in there like this you know an old timer but i i did do father all over all over the place that's a good idea for the name of the book it's mostly daughters but i played father to philip seymour hoffman when he was 16 and, and a lot of very wonderful actors along the way yeah, I mean, this is such a good read, but I think my heart goes out to you just with everything that you had to deal with with your oldest, your two oldest children in real life. I mean, you know, yeah. people people will come up to you after seeing 16 Candles like, oh, I wish you were my dad. And then you had that heartwarming scene um, in a wedding where you were comforting your son and all of these things you were just thinking about. And where I'm going with this for people who I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the book, but in the book, you talk about how you, one, uh, your second uh, ex-wife she took the kids without even knowing you were, you were hiring private detectives to look for for them. No, no, she moved. She moved away, but didn't tell me where she was going. Yeah, well, it was quite a long time, but we were reunited, and uh, and we're now very close still. My son lives in Burbank, California, where I live, and my daughter lives back in the Massachusetts, and I'm going to see her soon. She's coming out to visit. Oh, nice. 
But uh, then I have a daughter with uh, my marriage to Winnie, mm-hmm. my last marriage, which is the longest lasting one for 35 or 36 years. Her name is Savannah, and she's a writer like her mother. And she's very talented. She got her mother's writing ability. Uh, my wife is the one of the authors of Wicked on Broadway. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> one of her other accomplishments was a show called uh, my so-called life, which introduced Claire Danes to the public. I kind of feel close to uh, quite a few of the actors I worked with because it's easy to play a nice dad or even sometimes a cranky or not understanding one, which I've also done. And sometimes a little of each where he's kind of cranky and then he has a change of heart. And by the end, he's a heart of gold or something. Yeah. But I have fun with the comedy of when I'm cranky. And I base it on my father, since we're talking about fatherhood. As you know from the book, my father never smiled or laughed or anything. And when you bond on your father growing up, I thought that's I'm supposed to do what he does. You know, I, I, he was my role model. He didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. He didn't smile. I didn't smile. So it's not a, any coincidence that I played so many people, so many fathers in uh, movies that uh, are kind of edgy and cranky even in breaking away which is my best movie uh, it was always coming down on his kid because the kid wanted to be an italian <laughs> and uh ride a bicycle and he thought all the italians were the best bike riders and so he started speaking italian at home and drove me crazy and that was great a lot of fun to play but then i have a change of heart in that film where i find out he's winning the big race and i race over to the um, fairgrounds and the racetrack and start cheering for him, you know. So I have an arc in that in that film. I I get to have a change of pace, a change of character. It's sort of a cranky guy or withholding guy. And I always make it funny too. It's no fun just being cranky <laughs> or grumpy. Yeah. It's it's nice when you can uh, have an extended part where you get a chance to show a change in the character. We call it an arc. You know, so audiences love that when they see a character, then he runs into problems and then these, this, he overcomes his problems and it's a happy ending. That's that's the best kind of a part to have as an actor, something that has more range to it. You know, yeah. I've also played guys that just had one scene and 10 lines, you know, all kinds of different parts. Yeah. But now and then I get a real plum part where I, I, uh, where I get the show off a little bit, you know, yeah. have a little bit more screen time. No doubt. But uh, I like being a father. I have uh, um, three children and uh, and uh, two from one marriage and one from the last. And uh, my daughter Savannah is very, very talented. In fact, she just got a call from Pixar and she went up there to meet, meet with them couple of days ago, they're interested in her for a project, perhaps. It was just a meeting to talk, but they'd had a sample of her work, so they wanted to meet her. But they're very proud of all my kids. Yeah. No, yeah, you, and you can hear it, you can see that in your book. And, you know, just, just kind of going back with just, again, my heart breaks for you, just when you were dealing with all of these fatherhood scenes and, and portraying a dad, and then you were thinking about your kids, how tough was it to kind of balance work, but then also too the pain of like trying to know where your kids were 
at the time you were you know you were doing these scenes and and, and recording these scenes for these roles for these movies and then all of a sudden well, it, like, uh, like how tough was that well it was sometimes tough and sometimes not so tough but if the scenes got emotional like uh, one scene in breaking away where i'm i'm embracing an actor son named dennis christopher who played my son in that movie and i have there's a scene where he comes to me in tears because he's found these heroes the italian bikers have knocked him off his bike and you know they were now his enemies and he was almost in tears they came over and cried on my shoulder and an odd thing happened since uh, I think you may have noticed this in the book uh, since I was playing my father as I often do when I'm playing fathers who is this I'm hugging if I'm playing my father he's me so he's also uh, my missing son who would be about that age so it was pretty pretty uh, emotionally draining for me that was one of the Mo the one where I mostly had to kind of suffer through that uh, acting, that scene in that yeah. film. But uh, I've had lots of lighthearted characters as well, but uh, I do enjoy playing these guys kind of based on my father. He should really have gotten a royalty for all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I used him as a role model. But I, I got good at because I, as I say, I, I bolded, I bonded on him, and I, it was easier for me to play these characters because I, uh, I sort of enjoyed playing them because I was doing him. Sometimes uh, I was having fun with it. Sometimes I was playing a, a cranky guy or a withholding or a stoic kind of guy. Yeah. And once in a while, they're a little more lighthearted. I was in Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts as my daughter. And I was playing a guy who drank a lot, and she was ashamed of him. <laughs> Dragged him out of a bar bodily and stuck through him in the cab of the car. And uh, but he was kind of a funny guy. He was sitting next to a uh, a statue of a dog that looked like a I don't know a big kind of a dog, like a hunting dog or something. And right next to it, right next to it, was a real dog. It was just like that. And the other one is a statue. And I said, I know when I see, I know I've been, I know I've had too much to drink when I see three of these. Because <laughs> they're seeing double to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the lines. <laughs> but, you know, just speaking of your career, is there a role that you are most fond of just because of where you were in your career or what that role meant to you for your career. I mean, you've played so many great roles, not just, you know, dads in general, but you like, you know, talk in the book about being a character actor and all that. Is there a role that just you're very fond of because what it meant to you for you and getting that role and also what it meant for your career? Uh, the answer is easy. It's breaking away. Okay. Because I, uh, it's about four boys who are just getting out of high school. Those are the actors that are billed. Then I'm billed next. But the way it worked out, the father is actually uh, one of the stars, you know, because it, it's about him and the one son played by Dennis Christopher. Uh, and of course, that's the not only the best script I ever worked on. So naturally, when you have a script, you do better, you know, when you're handed something which is, you know, kind of a turkey, <laughs> you're not going to be brilliant. 
if there's not much to play there. But this was brilliantly written, and the writer won the Oscar that year for Best Original Screenplay, Steve Tesich. I also received rave reviews. I was just interviewed recently by some website that had the name Ebert in it, and I thought <laughs> they're, going to be, they're going to be talking just about movies, and the name Ebert made me think, but they didn't say to, anything to me about Ebert. So yeah. before I said goodbye, I said, well, let me remind you that I made a little tour to the major cities when Breaking Away opened. And I went to Chicago, was interviewed separately by Siskel and Ebert. They both loved the movie. They raved about it. And they both said I should be nominated for an Oscar. So that was a, not only a, a wonderful movie that I had a chance to show the best of my acting, but uh, it was also received beautifully by the public and um, got lots and lots and lots of rave reviews, which you don't usually get if you're a character actor. Yeah. Sometimes you get also in the cast. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I worked with Robert Altman five times and uh, the review usually spent, um, the first third of it was talking about Bob's past, about Altman's uh, um, what do you call it, oeuvre, you know, yeah. everything done. And then they talk a little bit about the movie that's now. And by the time you get to the end, there's not much room to name the actors because he always had a huge, huge, huge cast. Yeah. He loved to put a lot of people on the screen and have them all talking at the same time. And uh, it's to a fault sometimes. He told me in Nashville, he had 25 actors in wedding the one I did with him first, he was going to get 50 actors. And a few years later, he said to me, I think I may have had a few too many actors <laughs> in wedding because you have to introduce them and keep going with character actors. Then you have to pay them off at the end so the audience feels fulfilled. Yeah, You have to give them some sort of an end. But it was wonderful to work with. I loved him. And the most fun I had, of course, was doing Popeye where I played Wimpy. Oh, nice. Yep. Love that movie. I got away from being a dad. Yeah. And wimp. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, no, that movie for me, because of course, like, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties and, and just grown up. Remember reading the comic books and then also seeing the cartoon, but then seeing the live yep. action when it, I was like, that is such a yep. really cool concept. And of course, everybody played their roles really well. So love that. Um, one that more question. Oil, and olive oil was perfect. Yep. Shelley Duvall. Yeah. In fact, she told me that in middle school, they called her olive oil. You know <laughs> she has a long neck and she has big eyes and, and kind of prominent teeth and, you know, kind of skinny. Yep. So she was called olive oil as a nickname. <laughs> one, one more question about acting, then we're going to kind of go back into fatherhood. You've worked with, like you said, so many talented actors and, you know, directors and writers and all that. Can you share a story where an actor taught you something that you use in following projects? Do you mean an actor or a director? Actor, director, doesn't matter. A colleague, director, just someone that you guys were working on the set, they maybe kind of gave you some piece of advice and you use that moving forward. It's my experience that uh, actors don't usually give other actors a piece of advice, especially if they're... <laughs> Okay. Especially if they're stars, you might buddy buddy with the, the guy who's playing another small part. But uh, it's been my experience that uh, I didn't get too many pieces of advice, maybe because I was pretty good 
at the time. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't need any advice, maybe you don't get any advice. But That's a great uh, way to look at it. <laughs> but in, but just in watching other actors, I worked with Pacino in a thing called uh, Insomnia, mm-hmm. and just working with some of those people like Julia Roberts and uh, knowing how good they are at their craft. I mean, you have to pick up something when you work these work with these people. But it normally hasn't been anything uh, uh, like advice. At least in my case, yeah. it would be nice if that happened. But uh, I learned a lot of a lot about acting too. And I spent a year with second city mm. and improvising because if you, if you've improvised in front of the audience, you, it's kind of, you have to be kind of brave. And then when you succeed then you feel accomplished, but I learned about acting something I didn't learn by just other acting or at going to school or studying acting. Something about improvisation is so immediate and so there that you're almost into the character and it's usually you but uh, you're um, it just uh, improves your acting was my experience with uh, doing improv yeah no and, and and you definitely detail a lot of that in, in your book um just a couple more questions about fatherhood and again i appreciate your time talk about something that the your kids have taught you either about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there but once you had kids they kind of brought that out in you well, uh, but since he lives here, my son, Adam, uh, my, my brother was uh, living back home in West Virginia. He was older than me, and he uh, was in the hospital going through several very complicated things, which finally became, uh, you know, it was terminally. But I talked about my son who had never met him, uh, about my brother, and I told him uh, a story about my father brother got mad at my father and left home and lived on the riverbank in a shanty for several months because we lived near the Ohio river. And, uh, he said, that would make a good story. Maybe we'll, let's make a movie about it. He got, he wanted to make movies too. He wanted to write movies. Yeah. So I said, uh, okay, let's give it a whirl. So I spent about eight or nine months doing it. And then the key thing that came out of it was the bonding with him because you create together you bond in a way that you don't when you're just, you know, playing ball in the backyard because uh, it's creative. And uh, then later, someone read that script and he didn't want to buy it. Some producer says, I have an idea, but I like your writing so you can write my idea. But it was about bass fishing. They wrote a whole other movie about bass fishing because it was very popular. And, uh, he tried to get it, uh, you know, on the screen, but he never successful at it. But we wrote the whole movie and we went to uh, a few bass fishing contests and where you have all, all the best bass fishers coming in one place and signing autographs and fishing against each other to find the biggest fish. So we learned a lot about that and we learned a lot about each other. But after we had done these two movies together, we really felt even more bonded than we were normally, you know, because creativity does that. I'm sure you've run across that in your life too. And creating something with somebody is, uh, I don't care if it's building a statue or, you know, working on something in the backyard or, you know, whatever it might be. Building something, creating something is very, very bonding. So we're very close. He lives nearby. We see each other all the time. Love it. Love it. 
Um, what were some of the values you were looking to instill into them as they were growing up? Well, when I finally saw him, <laughs> yeah. they were grown-ups in the sense they were, you know, 18 years old. Um, I don't remember doing the kind of fatherly things with them that involved uh, trying to teach them because kind of they were gone for 10 years. Yeah. When they came back, they're adults. My son was came back and began college at NYU in New York. Um, I didn't feel, you might say things to a kid who's 10 or 12 or something or 14, but when he's 18, you know, you have to respect the adulthood of it. I don't remember giving too much advice. Nice. Uh, maybe I, by example, I gave advice. They might see how I conducted my own life and tried to emulate me. My son was, you know, uh, he was uh, seven or eight when I, he, was, he left and then he came back, he was 18. Uh, and although he was physically a grown man now at 18, but emotionally he acted to me as if he were still that young kid when he left. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting that uh, emotionally it was a him for him to look at me as an 18 year old because he what he remembered was the last time we were together those years and he still felt like that emotionally we didn't talk about it he's never said that's how i felt but yeah. that's how i perceived it that he was um but I, I i didn't give a lot of advice i hope by example i might have taught them something yeah. but uh I guess the, the way it worked out, I wanted them to find their own way to find the, the way they wanted to go. I never told him any time I thought he was making a mistake. I, I was just uh, there to listen and to help out if they asked me for advice. But generally speaking, it, I didn't give it very much advice. Gotcha. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And it's just, you know, you mentioned something just about like, the age but then also maybe the emotion the emotional state right and and where he was you know just while you're saying that i kind of sometimes think about my parents and i always see them as like the rock and like the the, the i could always you know go go see them my mom passed away but my dad's still uh here alive on on, on the earth but like then there's certain times when you see him in a different light and like oh yeah it's you, I feel like there are certain times when I recognize that even I know that the ages and we keep on getting older, there's a certain point where like, Oh yeah. Like I am a man. I am, I am doing certain things. But like when you see your parents, sometimes you go back to the age yeah. you felt right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And also as they get older, they change and seem less like authority figures and more like people you want to take care of. Yeah. You know, it reverses so that the the child the child becomes the um, parent. If you have older parents and they're infirm or losing a little bit and forgetting things, and it's rewarding to take care of them to a certain extent. Yep. You know, not when it has to be every minute or every day, but uh, it's good to go uh, visit uh, parents when they're you know sixty or something or seventy and feel well now it's my place to take care of them if they need things i need to be there for them my wife and i were the youngest of three respectively in our in our different families and um we're mm -hmm. taking care of her dad right now because her my, my wife's mom passed away as well 
but like he's living with us for a little bit. Uh, he's getting ready to get uh, finally get his own apartment and all that. But yeah, you have that more time to have those conversations and and you know kind of pay back and 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 just you know all right, he was taking care of you know my wife when she was a kid. Now it's like our turn to like take care of him because he needs our help. So I. Uh, it's, 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 it's so funny that you say that, Paul, because I'm, I'm living that right now. Yeah. I wasn't really in the position because they live back in West Virginia. Yeah. And I visit uh, fairly often. But as it, time went on and you know, I was busier, I, I went there less. You know, I'd go there like instead of five or six times a year, I'd go back two or three. So I wasn't in the, it didn't, I wasn't needed there to take care of them. And I mean, in long distance ways, I did, you know, I, I sent the money because my father stopped working in a factory for after a while. He spent his whole life working in a factory. And when I was doing films, I would send them money, you know, and take care of them in that way. And, but I would go back from time to time and um, spend as much time as I could. We're going to wrap up with the uh, Fatherhood Quick Five. Favorite, okay. family, favorite family movie. Do you guys have one? I guess it would probably be It's a Wonderful Life because it's not only well acted, but what a plot a plot. Yeah. You know, Frank Capra, my God. Yep. I mean, what would have happened? It makes all of us think, wait a minute, what would have happened if I was never born? Well, you want to think to yourself, well, it wouldn't matter. But then again, your life affects the lives of many people. It's been beautifully written. And that's no wonder that it's a huge favorite. Yeah. Every Uh, Christmas. Yeah, it's, it, it was my mom's favorite. We actually, while we were putting up Christmas decorations, we have ornaments and like little houses around the house here just to kind of remember yeah. the movie and also remember her. Uh, such a great movie. Um, was there a band or an artist that you guys enjoyed together listening with or like any or a genre of music you guys enjoyed listening together? Well, not my family family because <clears throat> I started listening to music more after I left home to go to college. Uh but my wife is a bit younger than me, and, and she has a lot of favorite bands that I that I wasn't in on because I'm twenty years twenty years difference. You love you love Simon and Garfunkel. I do love Paul Simon. <laughs> nice. She reminds me. I I love uh, Simon and Garfunkel. There you go. Yeah, I guess they, I'd say they're my favorite band. Nice. And uh, when uh, and also uh, uh, I like the Beatles. It's hard not. To like oh, the yeah. Beatles, no matter what your taste is. Yeah. They're so tuneful and, you know, to make you feel good. And, but I think they know that. Yep. For sure. <laughs> uh, describe the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? Um, I've been to Hawaii. Hmm. Oh, I know where it is. Jamaica. I've been to Jamaica three times. I, I, I love waterfalls. And the first time I went there, I saw this waterfall. It's very famous, and most waterfalls don't fall down into a, into the sea. This is one of the few waterfalls, Dunn's River Falls, it's called, that it uh, virtually comes right down, and there's the beach. Mm. But usually they're somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and I love all of Jamaica, but that's really what drew me there was this wonderful waterfall. And it comes down in steps like this, you know, step, yeah. step, 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 step instead of one big waterfall. Yeah. And you can climb to the top of it, where what it seems to be is a, a very small creek. It isn't even a river. It's, um, you know, five feet wide. But it comes down in little rivulets in different areas. And 
and bouncing around. And uh, there's soft lava stone all around it. If you want to climb up to the top, you find the footsteps of all the people that have gone on there before because it's such soft stone that over time they've dug little holes for your feet. So there's footsteps going all the way to the top. Anyway, Jim, that's my favorite vacation. Sounds amazing. Awesome. And again, you know, whether it's Breaking Away, 16 Candles, Runaway Bride, so many to choose from, obviously. But is there one movie or one show that you get recognized the most for when people stop you on the street or what have you? Is there like one role like that you like, oh, yep, this is this is the one that everyone like knows me from. But like, again, it's a tough question because there's so many great movies you're in. But is there one above the others? Well, there's uh, there's two or three, but it, I would say it's uh I would say it's about um, uh, 16 Candles okay. because of folks who say to me, I mean, uh, young women who say, oh, God, I wish you were my dad. He was so bad. He was so mean. He was so, <laughs> you know, fathers who are dying in the hospital and they their kids go to see them hoping they'll say, when you say, I love you, dad, and he's going to say, I love you back. And he often doesn't because he's still cranky, yeah. still forbidding. But uh a lot of these young women say, uh, wish you were my dad. <laughs> they seem like an idealized dad because he was so damn understanding. <laughs> <laughs> he understood apologizing for missing her birthday. So I guess it would be 16 candles. Gotcha. But oddly, people say to me also, I love uh, um, uh, Strange Brew. Mm-hmm. I do movie up in Canada with the two uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie from SNL, <laughs> SCTV, yep. and the wonderful Max von Sydow was in it and I had a chance to work with that great guy. Yeah. That's another favorite of mine. But, uh, you know, I did one day in Slapshot, but I still have fans who like Slapshot who want <laughs> me to send them a picture. <laughs> They're one day as a radio announcer. Yeah. But I guess I'd say my, my favorite was uh, the 16 Candles. I'm most often recognized for that. Nice. And and lastly, top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad. What would you want them to be? It's pain in the ass three words. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they would say I'm a nice dad. Or I'm an okay dad. You're the best. The best dad. The best I, dad. There you go. I love it. My and- wife's played it. And, and the way you talk is exactly the way the book is written. It is such a good read. Obviously, like I said, I felt like you get all the emotions in this book. And again, it's uh, Movie Dad. Pick it up wherever books are sold. Um, you can also follow Paul on, on Twitter at Dooley. But, Paul, it's been such an honor chatting with you. Thank you so much for this book, especially in this parenting community. I think this book is going to resonate with a lot of people, whether they're parents, whether they're kids, whatever the case may be. But, Thank you for being honest. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for your time with me. And I wish you and your family continued success, sir. Well, thank you. I've just found out recently it's selling really well. There's a lot of people are buying it. And it's only been out. Officially, it came out today. But yeah. Happy book birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Happy book day. Yeah. But I had books a month ago, some advanced books and sent them around to friends. But uh, a lot of people are loving it. And I like that. Yeah. So thank you for talking about all this. Oh, for sure. It's such a great read. And like I said, it's, uh, again, I thank you for your time and I wish you and your family, like I said, um, a great year ahead and, and more to come. 
Thank you. This is a great show you have about fatherhood. Not enough people talk about that. Thank you. I want to thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. And I also want to say a big thank you to this week's sponsor, Athletic Brewing Company. Whether you're looking to cut alcohol for life or just a night, you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be healthy, active, and at your best to enjoy a great beer. Go to athleticbrewing.com and check out all their great beers. And while you're online, go to artoffatherhood.net. You can have a chance to check out some great articles like the weekly Dad's Doing It Right column, the Collector of the Week, and many more. Plus, you have a chance to win some very cool prizes like video games, collectibles, all that good stuff. Go to artoffatherhood.net and please make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts because I'll greatly appreciate it to get the word out on the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.